Welcome to Don't Quote Me On That. One day we will have an intro, but today is not that day. Hi, I'm Eleanor. And I'm Kalina. And welcome back to Don't Quote Me On That, where we talk about whatever we want to and we have fun. We have a great time. You have a great time. I have a great time. What's wrong? And you're here, and sometimes you have a great time, and I'm here, and sometimes we both have a great time. Listen, as I laugh at least once an episode, and honestly, that's the bar. Mm-hmm. And usually we laugh at least five times, I think. We're very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, we are... Uh, we had this idea a while ago, and I, we've been, I think, perfecting it for a little bit. Um... And by perfecting it, I mean waiting for our schedules to line up. I was going to say that's a bold word choice, perfecting. Yeah, this is going to be our best episode ever, probably, if it ever actually gets posted. <laughs> if you're listening to this, it's the best. If you're not listening yeah. to this, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but essentially, um, what we're doing in this episode is we're going through all of Taylor Swift's track fives. And... Um, Taylor Swift, or not Taylor Swift, Kalina, I know who you are. Um, I are am you... not Taylor Swift, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn. Are you what the kids would call a Taylor Swift girly, a Swifty? Absolutely not. I don't, I'm okay. like, I know why you asked me that question, but you asking me that question is funny because I know you know the answer to that question. And the answer to the yes. question is most definitely not. When I was younger, I used to like, I still didn't listen to her, but, like, I used to like her stuff. Like, I used to listen to our song a lot. Like, I used to get into, like, like modes where, I, like, I would listen to a Taylor Swift song or a couple of them. But, like, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't call myself a, a Swifty by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. That's, I mean, I knew that. Uh, but I just wanted to get our, our baseline down. Um, I think I was a Swifty for a very long time, and then I wasn't and then now i just have trouble like uh morally with the term but i think i am a taylor swift fan um Mm -hmm. and one of the things that she does is um each track five in all of her albums is meant to be kind of the not necessarily the saddest song Mm -hmm. but kind of the most emotional I would say a um, on your heartstring song. Yeah, the most vulnerable song, I I would say. Um and so we wanted to wait until Midnight came out. It's been out for a while now, but so there are what how many albums is that? I can't count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ten? Nine, I had ten songs. I remember that. Because at one point I went Correct. Jesus, this is just another album. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Ten songs, um, all the track fives. Um, we're not going to get into it, but I will say that when there was a Taylor's version, we picked a Taylor's version, um, which I think does impact one or two of the songs, but we will get into that later. Um, but before we start, I think that having one song be like kind of picking an emotion on one track I think that's kind of brilliant I 
don't know enough about Taylor Swift and her planning to know how intentional it was from the start. I can't imagine when she was making her very first album back in, what, 2009? Jeez. Um, Yeah. That every track five was going to be this song, but I think probably around Dear John or All Too Well, it became an intentional choice. Yeah, I would agree with that. I like making connections that don't make any sense but like like when we do we do album swaps fairly often and you know we like album reviews because we kind of talk about movies as it says on the screen (laughs) and so like I do think listening to an album like back to front is very important and I know sometimes artists not always but they talk about about like how how they chose the track listing so I could see her doing that especially because one thing I think can't be denied about Taylor Swift, whether you like or not, as I do think she's a very poetic, I guess, for lack of a better word. Like, she's a very strong writer. She's very, mm-hmm. she, like, crafts a story very well. So I can yeah, see that going good... beyond just the, beyond just the the lyrics. You know what I mean? I can see her, like, crafting a whole tale, but not just, like, when she actually writes out the song. Yeah. It's Yeah. I agree. Maybe if it wasn't even intentional, like in the, oh, number five is going to be the most moving. If she's like crafting a story in the album, right? Like obviously at the, if every album's generally the same length, you're going to hit your, you know, your highs and you're in like the climax of the story Mm -hmm. and the the so-and-so in the same parts of the album, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think the middle of the album-ish is a good, good chance for, for a low point. Yeah. Um, and also, this is uh, information coming from a Reddit comment from a deleted account, so obviously it's Perfect. true. Um, Very trustworthy. Apparently, uh, f- number five, the number five is Taylor Swift's, quote, unlucky number, and that's why she picked the sad songs for number five. Um, I don't know if that's true, but I think that would be kind of funny if it was. Do people have unlucky numbers? Like, I know people have lucky numbers, but, like, do people sit down and go, this is a bad number for me? I don't know. I have, like, I have a favorite number, but I think that's more uh, to do with my brain chemistry than anything else. I have a least favorite number, but, like, I wouldn't call it an unlucky number. I just don't like it. What's your least favorite number? Uh, Six. Okay. I hate the number six. Okay. That's fair. My favorite number is five. Really? Mine is seven, finally enough. And... But seven. Apparently... Again, this is all coming... Not all, but this this particular piece of information is coming from a Reddit thread. um, Because... uh, We believe in research and and academic integrity. Yeah, we have master's degrees. We know how to research. (laughs) We Um, do. So apparently, Lover, so album six, six, I think, was the first time she publicly acknowledged and, you know, came out as putting track five there, quote unquote, on purpose. If you were making albums, what, what emotion would, be, would your track fives be? Um, Since five's also your favorite number. I 
think no, I think I would want my best song on number three. Um and I think it would be just my most nonsensical song. I think it would have the hardest beat but the most confusing lyrics. Um mm-hmm. and I would do three because I think uh number so number one would be a single and the number two would not be a single and number three would also not be a single but people will listen to the album for number one because they like the single and then if they like number two then they'll go to number three but if they don't like number two then they'll give up that's good i would put like my best song i first of all i wouldn't do an album that's longer than 10 songs i've decided we've done enough of these like album reviews (laughs) That, like, at a certain point, and, like, obviously not everyone sits down and consumes an album in this way, but, like, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, fans would. If an album comes out, you sit down and listen to it front to back in one sitting. And, like, after, like, song 10, you're kind of like, I mean, I get it, you know? And, like, <laughs> not, not that every song sounds the same, but when you're listening to, especially off of one album, obviously uh-huh. the album was put together. They picked those songs to go together for a reason. So you're listening to, like, the same the same voice, like, artistically, the same voice lyrically, mm-hmm. the same themes, just nonstop for about an hour. After a while, you're like, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. So I wouldn't do an album longer than 10 songs. So I think song seven would be my best song because like once you're hitting that slump, you, I want to pick you back up to mm. see a power through the last few songs. That's a good, that's, that's a good, um, the only word that's coming was to good. mind is theory. Thank you. Concept? <laughs> Concept. Thank Concept. you. Concept. <laughs> I am brilliant. I I agree. Honestly, we need to make an album. I think we'd make an awful album, but I think we'd have fun. Oh, it'd be it would, it would, I think we'd give like a like a 303 vibe. Now, 303 does make genuinely good like objectively <laughs> I think really they make do. good music. They're like instrumentally it's good. The lyrics are like when you li- at a first listen, they're stupid but they're fun, but like I think they have good lyrics. I think we'd make like a 303 album just a couple of steps down in quality. Yeah, but like only one or two steps down, obviously, because we're so talented. So, like, honestly, I think the the biggest problem would be the vocals. Yeah, actually, no, the biggest problem us like figuring out a time to do it, and also Eleanor learning how to use <laughs> any sort of honestly. Audio let me produce equipment. the whole album. I think that nothing could go wrong. I'm 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 trying to turn Eleanor into the next. I don't know, Calvin Harris. Oh, I. A hundred percent. If we let me produce the whole album, there would be at least one song where instead of your vocals, it's me trying to do a very bad uh, <laughs> dub of your vocals because I managed to lose the audio track. Um, as in, I'm just saying someone would listen to it, right? Like people listen to Weird Al, okay? I'm, I like. I think we'd be like a, a Weird Al 303, like right in the middle, the love child of Weird Al and 303. That'd be our album. Oh, I'm so excited for this. And we would have a fan base. Someone would, would listen to it. It would be a fan base of two. But you know what? <laughs> we would do anything for them. <laughs> but Taylor Swift Taylor has Swift. a very large fan base, and we are yes. talking about her. Yes. What's um, first? So first, do tell the people. we're going in chronological order. So off of Taylor Swift's self-titled album, Taylor Swift... Um, is Cold As You. Um, I think it's very bold to name your first album after yourself. It worked out for her, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think having your first album off the jump... Like, it's it's 
it's a smart idea because you're like, this is me. But like also, if I'm not really like, if you don't have like a name that like sticks out or I'm not interested in that, I'm like, why, you know, why? I don't know. I, 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 have, I have opinions about self-titled albums. Like, I think when, when it was released, I want to say 2008 or 2009, I think self-titled albums were a little more, I don't know, a little more the norm. Because like, yeah. now I don't think now they are. Now I feel like they're lazy. Yes, I agree. It is very bold, but I also think it was kind of more of the time. That makes sense. Um, but I... Sorry, cold is you. Yes. I don't have a lot of notes for this song. It's not one that I've listened to very often. I honestly, I don't think I've listened to all of self-titled until... Or since I was, like, very young, like, probably 10 or 11. Um, and I don't connect with the song very much because when I was 10 or 11... Uh, and listening it for the first time, I had not gone through any big heartbreak, shockingly. Um, <laughs> but it's a Listen. fine song. I, I think it's a it's a good signal for what's to come, but I don't think it's it's her best in any any sort of way. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to be wowed by this. Like I said, I used to listen to, I'm assuming this is the same time period. Listen, I just came in, Eleanor told me what songs to listen to. <laughs> I listened to them. That was all the research I did. But I used to like I used to tell, I told it said I used to have like our song mm-hmm. on a loop. So like this is the same ish time. Never heard App, this in my completely life. Completely different album, but sure. In my head, well, like, how <laughs> old was I? In two thousand nine, I was like nine, ten. Mm-hmm. That pre pre teen years. Okay, is what yes. we'll say pre teen years for Kalina. Um, I used to love country Taylor Swift. Yeah, I said our song is a bop, a different album apparently, but our song is a bop. I do like country Taylor Swift. Um, I like country music. I thought the guitar in this song was a little aggressive. Like sometimes the guitar like was twanging and I was like, you could hear her, but I just felt like it was like competing with her vocally. It, yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I was like, someone needs to, we need to, we need Eleanor to hop on and remaster yeah, this, I need obviously. To, I need to, to fix those <laughs> levels. Yeah. I liked, she said, so I start a fight because I need to feel something and you do what you want because I'm not what you wanted. And I, I don't know, this came up, what did we listen to? Actually, I think it was our last episode, the Maisie Peters episode. Mm -hmm. If that's the last episode we released, if not, it it was an episode we released. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Our timeline's very, very strict and we have a schedule we follow. Um is the idea of like being with someone who you who doesn't want you which i don't get because like one if you don't want someone why are you in a relationship with them because like Mm -hmm. why are you putting them through that and Mm -hmm. two on the other hand now i know it's not easy to up and leave but like why are you putting yourself through that like you like i know probably on one hand you're hoping things will get better but why are you with someone who you have to like you're fighting for their affection yeah no, I agree. We've talked about this a lot, uh, personally and professionally, and I agree. But I do think, um, I think the song kind of does a good job, and I think we kind of see this a little bit later as we go through these songs, where she's like, "Oh, I see how other people treat people, and I, it, it's a good example of how not to treat people." Which I think is a good kind of, instead of just seeing it and being like, "Oh, this mm-hmm. person sucks," it's a this person sucks here's why here's how i cannot suck in a similar fashion yeah and one thing i noticed and i said this because 
I, I hadn't, I think out of the 10 songs on this list, th- I had heard three of them before, maybe four, but I think it was three of them. And then there's a couple other songs, Taylor Swift songs that I do like that I like when I was listening to this song and then the rest of them, I kind of said that Taylor Swift presents herself often, at least in the songs I know from her, as the like partner that like stands by and is very unashamed in her affection of her partner. She in, in the cold is you, she says, and I stood there loving you. And that's a very like literal example. Yes. But in um and then because she's she's so open with her infection and she adores this person and she's willing to like stand on her own and be in love with them, it leaves her looking like the fool, which is not her fault, but like when the partner is sucky because her partner is sucky in these songs, she ends up looking like like an idiot because she's, you know, so open about how she felt. And it made me think of um oh, I always get the name the moment I knew. Where she's, where she's like, you know, I was at the party and all my friends are asking where you are. And I'm standing there being like, he said he's going to be here. He'll show up. I swear he's going to show up. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, obviously. And then I think later in Cold As You, she says, with the nerve to adore you. So it's like she's putting it on herself. Like, even though it's not her fault. But also, you said something about, like, she's seen how other people treat other people and realizing it's bad. Whereas a lot of these songs, I got the idea that, like, at the time, she's writing both about how she felt at the time and also looking back older, obviously, older mm-hmm. Taylor. It's just like, I don't know why I put up with that. Like, even at the time, I recognized it was wrong. But now I have the, you know, the hindsight of 2020 to be like, that was oh, really that was bad. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, like when you tell someone a story and then you, as you're telling the story, you're like, I didn't realize how bad that sounded until <laughs> I said it out loud. Yeah, I fully agree. Sometimes people will say something and then I'll think of a story from like my life and then I'll start the story and then I'll have to be like, nope, mm-hmm. actually that is insane <laughs> to say. <laughs> um, I will say I like that you, the the lyric you pulled out, you talked about how it's literal because I think that changes a lot as we go through. Yeah, um, this was very, yes. obviously it's her first album. So like you can tell the progression. Yes. Um, also, this song was so I, I tracked the writers and the producers for each song, um, and there's a pretty small mm-hmm. pool. Um, so this was written by Taylor Swift herself and uh, Liz Rose. I didn't look into the prof- professional accolades of anybody here, but Liz Rose is the writer and the producer is Nathan Chapman. And those names both come up again as we go along which I think is kind of interesting that it's such a small pool for the the track fives. It might be for the entire albums. I honestly didn't look that far into it. But uh, the next song, White Horse, was written by the same two people, so Taylor Swift and Liz Rose, uh, and then was produced by Taylor Swift and somebody else named Christopher Rowe. Um, but the writer for White Horse and Cold As You were the same. I wasn't, li- like, again, it is her first album, so, like, Cold As You wasn't, like, wowed mm-hmm. by the lyrics. There were, like I said, I picked out those couple that, like, made me think of the theme of track fives in general. Mm-hmm. I did, like, I've never been anywhere as cold as you. I liked that line. I liked her delivery on it. And I also liked when she said, I knew you wouldn't have told nobody if I died, died for you. I thought that was fantastic. That was the best line in the song for me. Um, and I guess in, in terms of production, before we hop over to White Horse, also yes. I felt like the song, now I did say the guitar was a little aggressive, but like I did think the sound 
filled the room, but I also think, again, her first album, it's unpolished, but mostly it felt that way because of how... I'm, I haven't listened to old Taylor in a while. Mm-hmm. So, like, the stuff I'm used to hearing is obviously her newer stuff. She's years older. She's got a slightly different sound, you know, all that stuff. So, yes. like, it wasn't unpolished, but it just sounds less polished yeah. than what I'm used like, to hearing was, from her, obviously. It was definitely a, a first album. Yeah. But... Nothing bad, just no. A, I was thinking it was it was it was a little jarring just mm-hmm. based on what I'm, fam- you know, familiarity bias. But White Horse, White Horse, I have heard before. I used I to bump this song all the time. God. This and um, back to December when I wanted to wallow in misery that I definitely didn't like have had no reason to have. This and back to December. I still listen to back to December. It's a back to December goes so hard. I'm. I'm a little surprised that it wasn't a track five, um, but uh, it was from the same album as Dear John, and I think of the two, Dear John deserved to be the track five. But yes, Back to December also highlight of Taylor's sad songs. Yeah, and and I think this is when we get we get some she she's starting to come into her like what we would consider later to be signature Taylor mm-hmm. lyricism, and again some more reoccurring themes of. As I pace back and forth, because I honestly believed in you. And this isn't a fairy tale, which I thought I liked that sentiment because we're getting less literal. And I think that's something that you can feel, whether it's about a relationship or anything else. It's kind of like, you know, what I had in my head and what and I got what I thought I wanted. And it's not really hasn't really turned out how I thought it was going mm-hmm. to. Yeah, I, oh, so we lost the country vibe. We did, um, which honestly... I kind of liked, I like Country Taylor, but I like her old, her new, her newer stuff so much more. Um, but yeah, when I was a child and I heard this song, it was the saddest song I had ever heard ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think in this song, especially um, different to Cold as you like, you can kind of tell how young she is because like the fairy tale mm-hmm. motifs and like how when when you're that young and you have a first love you and power to you you just believe that the first person that you are in love with is this is it this is your fairy tale mm-hmm. moment this is this is everything and then when you kind of when that falls apart which for most people it does that can break you and i think we kind of get the the, the break the brokenness in this song but i like kind of at the end where it's like, but if you come back, I already know my worth. I'm so much better. So mm-hmm. uh, get stuffed, buddy. You saying that makes me also think that like, yeah, so now she's like, well, two things. One, I think like the fairy tale motifs and stuff. I think with her earlier stuff, especially these sad songs, there is a theme, but it's not necessarily intentional. It's more that is how... Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift at a young age thinks about life is like in terms of a fairy tale which makes sense if you're a young girl whereas now she's older the themes are intentional but it still relates back to that same general feeling of like almost becoming jaded with what you thought you wanted you know like yep. it comes back to the fairy tale theme but less yeah literal. less honestly just less childlike wonder which is because yeah there is less and I think um I I don't want to get too far into Taylor Swift's personal life just because I don't think that's necessarily important for these songs. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think that some of these, there was a little too much speculation because she was like 19. Um, but I do think White Horse 
the Cold as You and White Horse, those two albums were kind of before what I think could be described as one of her first big public heartbreaks and like mm-hmm. personal like romantic tragedies, I guess, if you want to be super dramatic about it, took place. So I think Dear John, which is the next song, um, we start to see a big difference. But I don't know if you are finished with all of your White Horse thoughts yet. I want to give you that time. Just on the the second, so one is the themes obviously are the same, but also have matured. Mm-hmm. But also, that other point that I had in my brain is gone now. So I will just finish out with um, I I I I love. I think the best part of the song is at the end when she says, "I'm gonna find someone someday who might actually treat me well." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's paired with this surging instrumental that just I think like that. I think without that, I the song would be so different. It wouldn't be as good as it is, but I think, and it's a good song, but I think that just carries it to like another level. I, However, yes. Um, sorry, however, after that, she kind of repeats the last few lines again. And like, I I feel like that was unnecessary. I feel like we kind of said, it wasn't like she added anything new. She was just like, you're, I'm not a princess. Isn't it? And she said that again. And I feel like we, we've already established this, but again, this is early Taylor. So hasn't quite refined her. No, I'll be honest. I remembered that it got hopeful at the end, but I didn't remember that. She, and I just listened to this song before this. I just remembered or didn't remember that she added the last lines in. And that means that mm-hmm. they were not as impactful. I agree. I think ending at the, the big swell is what it needed. Yeah, the, it might actually treat me well. Maybe one more time after that. Mm-hmm. And then it was fine. But I think she did like once or twice extra. And I was like, that's a, I get why, but it wasn't necessary. If we're being nitpicky, that is. <laughs> But yeah, Dear John is next. Dear John. Never heard this one. So. Somehow. Um, this song was written by just Taylor Swift, and then it was produced by Taylor Swift and Nathan Chapman, who's the one who produced Cold As You. So, mm-hmm. um, there there we yeah, go. It's weird that it's such a small circle. It, like it you is. said, it could be the whole album, but like. It does even get if it's the a whole little album. bigger, but not by much. But even if it's the whole album, then her whole album is obviously have a has a very clear sound because it's the same people producing for so long. And even if it's not, it makes sense that all these tracks go together mm-hmm. because they're produced by the same small group who obviously have a very similar style. I do believe so. Dear John is from Speak Now, and that's this is the album that our song is from. Um, I love that song. So. Dear John, Speak Now, the album, I believe was 100% written just by Taylor Swift. And I think that was kind of a girl boss power move, did on purpose sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Dear John. Um, I think this is one of the best track fives. I also think this whole album is where she started to really just get into her like her form of storytelling and um, yeah. her imagery and da, 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 da. Um, and I think one of one of the things this song does really well is that it's an experience that because I mean essentially Dear John is about dating somebody who an older man perhaps that does not treat you very well but when you're in the moment you think it's like this perfect fairy tale. <laughs> from, mm-hmm. remember from before um <laughs> but kind of as a retrospective you're realizing oh that was like very bad and i think you know mm-hmm. i don't think everybody can relate explicitly to the feeling of being preyed upon by an older man which is good but i think kind of as a concept um 
and she kind of related it in a way that this song everybody can relate to kind of the the overarching emotions and i think that whole the the concept of making a very specific story in a song that's still general enough to where everybody can relate to the emotion of it i think that is one of the things that taylor swift does very well and i think is this is kind of one of the songs you can pinpoint of this is one of the first times that it happened and it happened almost flawlessly i do not have a lot of bad things to say about this song if you do that's fine i'll stay quiet um but i do think this song should be <laughs> 10 hours long and my favorite <laughs> my favorite line um is in it is uh she says i stopped picking up and this song is to let you know why uh which i think is that, funny because, i thought that was a girl boss move mm-hmm. and it's also like the whole concept of dear john like dear john letters that's you know the the letters that girls send off to their their boyfriends in war um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like they're writing this letter to to let you know something, but I, I'm writing this song to let you know. So I think that kind of mirroring is also. Good. I'm writing this song to let you know that actually you sucked. Thanks so <laughs> much. Um, I don't think I have any bad thoughts about this song. I did say I couldn't really articulate why, but I found this song to be the most moving. And I did like that the chorus in the song didn't pick up the tempo. I think because Mm -hmm. taylor swift is such a good writer and she has a powerful voice i think her sad like her songs not just the sad ones feel more powerful if it's a slower tempo because it gives time for the like the words to hit you you know what i mean versus Mm -hmm. if if it's a faster paced song with a lot going on like cold as you it took me till the second chorus to realize she actually said the name of the song in the song because there was just so much happening with the guitar that it took a while for everything to sink in whereas this one you feel everything as she says it, which I think is good for these emotional bits. Um, I said, ouch, ouch, ouch to the line. <laughs> and I'll look back and regret how I ignored when they said run as fast as you can, which I think, like Eleanor was saying, how you, oh God, what did you say? <laughs> My brain's so um, bad. Yeah. So, I mean, not everybody can relate to specifically like. Yes, that's it. Dating a man that nobody likes. Yes. Yeah, those general things. Like we said in the last line, like this ain't a fairy tale. Is the idea of like, like one in the moment. Because I think one one thing that in all these songs is, because I feel like in all these songs she does write about, like I said, being young at the time in the relationship Mm -hmm. versus older and looking back. But even at the time she like knew something was off. But looking back, it's like, oh my God, like I can't believe I put up with that. And obviously I think that's something you can think of not just in a relationship, you know, maybe like a job or like just how you treat it even yourself. So like, as Eleanor said, very general things you can apply to anything in life. Mm-hmm. And I think the use of, she emphasizes the word girl. She says the girl in the dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also says, don't you think 19's too young? I think her choice of the word girl is so important here because it, it again, it's, it's, emphasizing the fact that she's like i was you know not a child but like i was i was young and i and and innocent and you took advantage of that and like don't you think 19 is too young yeah i think 19 is too young you and like the 19 year old even though she's not 19 anymore the 19 year old shouldn't have to ask don't you think 19 is too Mm -hmm. young that shouldn't be on the the, them to do that i agree um also i know this song was not included but it's a sister song to would have could have should have off of her new album 
and I you should if you liked the the girlhood line or the the being 19 line in that song you, you specifically Kalina should check that song out um, because she delivers okay. one of her most emotionally devastating lines about <laughs> uh, b- being a girl and being taken advantage of and I would think one I will check out would have should have could have two I think I'm a good uh, what's the word like case study for that I can't think of a better word right now uh, for like how songs about specific relationships could be impactful even beyond that I have never had a relationship I've never had anyone good or bad I've never had any sort of relationship and I still can recognize these things mm-hmm. as being devastating also she says in the song you're never impressed by me acing your tests and it made me think because just because I heard it recently that song teacher's pet by Melanie Martinez which is a little bit more explicit I would say not mm-hmm. not quite the right word but a little more explicit and like obvious about it but kind of this idea of there's this person who has power over you and and they're they shouldn't be putting you through tests and like I think when you have a crush on someone or even when you're first dating you're probably like doing things for their attention but that's not bad like you know you just want them to notice you you want them to like you you shouldn't have to do things for their attention when you're in a relationship with them and they and she says acing your test so like they're like the partner is testing her your partner shouldn't be put like giving you hoops to jump through to prove your love and like that you're committed to them Mm -hmm. i fully agree it's yeah if this were a a poetry slam i think i'd be snapping right now Well, one one more little note for you to snap on just uh, instrumentally. I think because of the content, the content, the content of the song. I wish the last chorus was more acoustic. Um, I still think it was powerful, but again, back to what I was saying with like her lyrics. I think if she had a quieter, more reflective moment at the end about the girl in the dress wrote you a song, I think that would have just been just a titch more powerful if it had been a little less instrument heavy. Okay. That's fair. I'm trying not to just comment on her lyrics. I think her lyrics get talked about a lot. And like, obviously they're good, but they wouldn't, you need the instrumentals to back things up. Yeah, it's a whole, it's it's a whole experience to listen to a song. Especially if we're talking about like who produced. Yeah. And I do think it's kind kind of of funny that uh, you were talking about with Cold As You, how the guitar was a little bit much. And then it's the same producer for both. Mm hmm. Oh, look at me. You're See? making connections and you didn't even realize it. I do that all the time. <laughs> you remember when I um, we took Scott Pilgrim and then I connected them to the Seven Deadly Sins because I was yes, bored? Yes, do. <laughs> but it worked. It did. I think that's the worst part is that everything you say works. Listen, as long as you have evidence to back it up, you can't really be argued with, okay? Mm-mm. Unless you also have evidence to back it up. That's what yeah. I learned in college. Thank you. <laughs> Next song. Next I think song. everyone knows this next song. Everybody knows this next song. Um, for clarity's sake, it is all too well. We just did the regular Taylor's version. We did not do the long version. Um, I think this is... This episode will never end. Yes. It already probably won't. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I think this is probably the, the best known track five. Is this one of the mm-hmm. songs you had listened to yes i had heard all too well because i always i really like the moment i knew 
And I always, for some reason, think the moment I knew is called all too well. So I get, so I used to listen to this. I'd be looking for the moment I knew and hear this instead. <laughs> it okay. worked out. It's a good song. It is. But. I, I don't, it's not my favorite track five. It's not my favorite Taylor Swift song. Um, I, it has a couple lyrics that I really, really like, but as a song, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. It's it's a little overdone. I think it's very good, and I think it had its moment. I don't think it needs to be remembered as one of her best songs ever. That's interesting. I I can see both points. I like it, and I think I like it the best in the sense that I know it the best. Mm-hmm. And I agree. It does have some like really good lines, but also I do agree it's a little overplayed and i think i might like it the best just because i know it because like i liked cold as you and i liked the first yeah i did like all the first three songs even though they had like bits and pieces maybe if i went back and listened to them again one of them would outrank all too well i just Mm -hmm. know it a little bit better so it's a little more familiar which is fair and i do think for me not to um this is gonna sound awful we're just gonna get into it uh part of the reason i don't (laughs) like it so much is because i'm so familiar with all of her work and i you know does that make sense yeah like you said you're like you don't think it's uh, like one of her best songs i to be fair don't know a lot of her music so for Mm -hmm. me this would be i do like i keep talking about the moment i knew but like i like some (laughs) of her other songs a lot better than this yeah but like i obviously my my pool let's say my pool is like 20 songs whereas eleanor's is i don't know all of them probably yeah uh, yeah so like like it's for me my pool my percentage wise yeah um, and I think I, I did try to let go of that when I listened to it for this. Um, I had, I do have so many thoughts and I think this might just, uh, be beyond the scope of this episode, but I, I do think that the original of this song and then the Taylor's version of this song, I have so many thoughts about like how much she has matured in her vocals between now and then. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it, it's very, very moving. Uh, but this is a good song. I think imagery wise, it's amazing. It's I think it's a very good showcase of how she can write a song. Um, and uh, my two favorite lines, first of all, obviously, everybody knows this one is uh, when she says uh, casually cruel in the name of being honest. And I think even outside the confines of a romantic relationship, everybody has somebody that they can like pinpoint that line to. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's almost comforting that everybody has somebody awful they can think about. <laughs> um, but I also think it's just such a, I don't know, such a interesting way to put to put that where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. they're not trying to be mean, but it's almost worse that they're not trying to be mean. That was the first thing I noticed about this song. In the first three, I felt like, there was almost a sense of ownership in terms of the partner being awful. Mm-hmm. Like they were actively being awful. Whereas this song, um, like she talks about when they, she goes, we go to your mother's house and you tell me about your past thinking your future was me. Like he wasn't, he wasn't in it trying to be a terrible partner. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and the line, maybe I asked for too much, but maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you tore it all up. Makes me think of, and I'll look back and regret how I ignored when they said run as fast as you can. Because, again, like, the hindsight's twenty twenty. She's 
she, in the moment, she's like, maybe it's on me. Maybe it's my fault. But after the fact, she's like, no, I should have listened to everyone. It wasn't me. Actually. Like, yeah, maybe I could have taken some ownership, but like. Yeah, there's not being great in a relationship and then there's committing war crimes, you know? Yeah. And then I I agree with what what you said, which is I said she feels more adult in this one than the other. And also I like the line, I'd like to be my old self again, but not because I find it relatable. It is, but because the idea of like, you can't go back and undo that. So like it it's hard. And like, she didn't necessarily do anything wrong. She wasn't committing war crimes, as we said, <laughs> in the relationship. But like, like you have like, that's something you're gonna have to live with forever. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn to be okay with that. So I I did, and like, it also felt older in the sense that in the last few, it was like, regret. She's like, you sucked. And I, and I am sad about this relationship. Whereas this, I felt like she was angrier Mm -hmm. and not necessarily in in an inherently negative way, but it was just, she had more maturity to recognize that one, not only was it, was it wrong what the person did, but she's allowed to be hurt by that. Fully agree. Thank you. Do we have any more all too well thought before we move on? We do not. Well, if we did. Oh, oh, so sorry. We'll I forever. actually do. Um, <laughs> this was written by Liz Rose and Taylor Swift. So same writers as Cold as You and White mm-hmm. Horse. And then it was produced by Christopher Rowe. Um, so same writing and producing team as White Horse. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get the same vibe. Yeah. And then also, as we transition into the next song, I think uh, All Too Well is uh, one of the last kind of specific songs. I think um, Dear John and All Too Well are could be about this, the same kind of relationship. And I think um, the, the backstories or whatever... We move on from concepts of this was a bad relationship. I think the next couple mm-hmm. of songs um, are a little bit more broad. Um, but yep. in that Taylor Swift way, that's both broad and specific. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the next song on our list is from 1989. And it is called All You Had to Do Was Stay. And Claire, I... I'm going to let you start. Okay. I hope I don't hurt anyone's feelings. I didn't like this song. Okay. I I think, the, and I will say, the main issue is I really love the title. To mm-hmm. me, all you have to do to stay sounds like like a line from like a movie that people would quote all the time, like some romantic movie where the girl at the, at the climax is like, all you had to do was stay. Like, the only thing you had to do to make this work was stay, and you didn't. So like that was not the vibe of the song at all. It was very upbeat. I wasn't expecting it to be so boppy almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't love the chorus. Or the, or the way she says stay. It's it's definitely the most pop out of all the ones we listened to so far. And I do, I think I prefer more, less pop Taylor. Mm-hmm. Not even like full country Taylor, but just slightly like, I just less poppy vibe for me. I think out of all of the, out of all the songs we listened to so far, I think her, well, not out, I, let me take that back. I think her vocals were the best part of this song for me. And I think I just had a bit of whiplash just because of how I pictured the song versus what it, actually was and i think it was a little simplistic which the last uh, the last four songs you could t- 
tell she's matured. She's very, she's very like clearly coming into her own to be the lyricist we know her as. Whereas in this song, I felt like compared to the last four, it was a little repetitive and a little simplistic lyric wise, like between the first verse and the second verse. Okay. That's no, that's fair. I agree. Um, I, so to talk about kind of the, the sound portion of it, to give you some background, the, the 1989 was very, I don't know genres, um, but it was, it was very kind of that <laughs> electro pop, but still kind of yeah. country in I some didn't way. know which album it was when I listened, but like now that I, cause I, I just went through them, but like now that I do, that makes sense. Cause mm-hmm. I do remember what styles off of 1989. Yeah. And like that's fun, but like, yeah, same sound. Yeah, if you yeah, if you don't like the sound, you're not going to like it. And I agree the song was um when I was listening to it, I was reading through a couple of the YouTube comments and there were and I'm sorry um to all the Taylor Swift fans in her YouTube comments, um get over it. Um there was one that was like, I don't think I think people misunderstand this song cuz they keep waiting for the beat to drop and it doesn't. And it's like, yeah, maybe it should have. You know? I saw that, but it wasn't for this song. It was for um, one of the ones we listened to later. And they were like, yeah, you're waiting for the beat drop. And, and Taylor wrote, and I was like, yeah, but that wasn't one. That was my only grief with the song. <laughs> I think, like, I like right. the concept of this song. Um, it's I think it's one of the lesser known uh, ones. This is also a completely different team. So this is the first time... Um, in all of the songs where we're getting a whole new group of writers and producers. Um, yeah, that explains a whole bunch. Yeah. Totally um, which is vibe from the last few. Which is what 1989 was going for. I mm-hmm. This song goes hard. I don't think it goes hard as a track five. Um, I do like how she talks about how it could have been easy. And this one's different because it kind of puts a lot of the ownership on the, the difficulties on the other person. Um, Mm -hmm. she was like this is what you wanted so like uh, you ended things Uh, and then she says you were all I wanted so it's like she's just there trying to to give her love to this person and he's like "Eh." I do remember the you were all I wanted because I thought about all I wanted was you by Paramore which by Mm -hmm. comparison beauty of a song (laughs) yeah that's not fair for this song to come (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry she said the words okay what was I supposed to do about it? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a good song. I think 1989 just isn't really my favorite Taylor sound, which isn't her fault. Yeah, but uh, like her here, singles off of the off of there isn't that the style and wildest dreams? Yeah, style. Those are fun. And I think Shake It Off was 1989, but I'll be honest, they could be very wrong about that. But like, like those are. Those are fun, but in terms of like Taylor Swift songs, I wouldn't put those as the strongest Taylor Swift songs. You know what I mean? They're Mm-mm. fun songs. I do like those songs. I think I have both of those on my playlist. But like yeah. in terms of like Taylor Swift's lyricism and, and her as an artist, I don't think they're examples of her best work. So 1989 was Shake It Off, Blank Space, and Style were the first three. And then, yeah, Wildest Dreams was as well. Oh, yeah. And we all know Shake It Off and Blank Space. Mm-hmm. Which, again, not bad songs, but like... It not just a very different vibe from the last four. They're not bad songs as songs, but as Taylor Swift songs, I they yeah they they should probably be they're doing lacking. more. Yeah, yeah. But I'll go into the team, and then we can move on to the next one because they have the same team. Mhm. Yep. Okay. So this one, all you have to do is stay, was written by 
uh, Max Martin and Taylor Swift. And then it was produced by a team. Uh, so Max Martin, uh, Shellback, and then a team called Matt Man and Robin. <laughs> <That's us>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then for the next song, which is Delicate, um, it was written by Max Martin, Shellback, so two pe- two of the producers, and then Taylor Swift, and then it was produced by Max Martin and Shellback. So all you had to do is stay and Delicate have the same team, which I think is very interesting because I think they're incredibly different songs. Oh, really? Because I was like, that makes a lot of sense because I'll be honest, didn't lo- I liked Delicate a lot better, but I think I got bored with it. I've heard it a couple times before. Um, yeah, Delicate and... was a single, which I don't think is typical for track fives. I've heard, um, what's his name? James Bay do a cover of this for mm-hmm. like the BBC Radio 1 Live Lounge. I mm-hmm. like that. But I just think, I think it's a little boring. I do like, I liked it better. And I do like, um, she goes, you must like me for me. And I liked in the the when she the first lines the opening lines of the songs. There's this effect on her vocals that reminds me of like glass animals, the mm-hmm. kind of fuzzy double layering of the vocals. And I thought it did a good job of fitting the vibe of like being unsure when coming into a new relationship because this song versus the others felt more like more hopeful and not so much about a relationship you've been in that was very clearly going badly, but like. She's like, you you know, my reputation has never been worse, so you must like me for me. And someone told me once that when you're in love, you want to like, and I don't understand this, but they're like, you want to be in the other person's skin. And I was like, that sounds horrible. (laughs) (laughs) That does not sound like a good time to me. But when you're in love, especially like those first stages, that's, you know, you just want, you want to know what the other person's thinking and doing. And she says, are you ever dreaming of me towards the end of the song? And I did. I, I thought this was a very good representation of having a crush on someone and like those those beginning stages of like realizing they like you, not just like, oh, I like you, but like they like you back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the delivery on do the girls back home touch you like I do. I just think that's a fun little yeah. line. I love that line. It is so fun. I think um, so to give some a little bit of perspective. Uh, the Reputation album came after kind of a big break for Taylor Swift uh, professionally, mm-hmm. and um, I I have a lot of moral problems with the whole kind of idea behind Reputation that we're not going to get into, um, <laughs> but this is also one of the first albums where the songs you can pinpoint are about the, the relationship that she's currently in. Um, Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's very cute because you can kind of track the whole thing through these songs. I like Delicate. Um, I like it as a song. I don't love it as a Taylor Swift song. It has some yeah. really good lines that I like. Um, like the, my reputation has never been worse, so you must like me for me. Um, and I do kind of like that this one is more about not necessarily an interrelationship struggle like the other ones have. This one we're getting a little yep. bit more abstract with the the villain i guess of the of the the whole thing i know that's a very dramatic way to put it but you know (laughs) but like back to the fairy tale idea like like we said earlier that theme still persists it's just less it's not stated as 
not explicitly as in like cursing or anything, but it's not stated as explicitly or like plainly. Mm-hmm. But it's still the same theme of villains and fairy tales and a princess and yeah. someone coming to save her. I agree. Well, if we're talking about villains, I just feel like this was a sign from God because I wrote this note down and I wasn't sure if I was going to share it. But we'll talk about Twilight because we're going to go over time anyway. Yep. Um, at the When she says, are you ever dreaming of me? And then the idea of like always wanting to know what the other person has going on in their mind. And I said, Edward Bella, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> the question mark was me deciding whether or not I should share this this big brain thought I had. Because, um, you know, to relate it to, let's say we're talking about re- relating it to your own life, relate it to Twilight, for example. Um, Twilight you know, is Edward, our life. The, <laughs> unfortunately, it is. Um, you know, Edward always wanted to know what Bella was thinking. I think that was a big appeal of her to him, obviously, because he had to go through his entire life and knowing everyone's inner thought and it must be very hard to interact with people when no matter what you do you know what they're going to do and how they're going to respond so like they're edward and bella will always be in the honeymoon phase you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i do so, think that's anyway, kind but like, of interesting because oh man i had it i'll see if i can get it um the, the the whole reputation album i think was taylor swift trying to subvert expectations of what she was going to do, like, honestly, personally and professionally. Uh, so I think that mm-hmm. that's a very interesting uh, little little connection you made there. Also, it's relevant because didn't she date? Um, yes. Your man? Yes. Okay, there we go. There was my connection. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> uh, are we ready to go on to Archer? Oh, very much so. Okay. So Archer, um, this was, I believe Lover was the first album where she kind of got into um a, it's a different team uh for writers and producers but um it stays pretty consistent throughout um so it's Jack Antonoff and Taylor Swift who they both wrote and produced it um I've I'll be honest that name before I believe he's from Bleachers I think he's the main guy in Bleachers yeah, I'll take your word for it. I've also heard that name before. <laughs> um, the Archer, not my favorite. Um, like I said before, I believe it was the first, this was the first track five that was like uh, said explicitly that track fives were a, a concept, a thing. Um, and there was mm-hmm. a track five bundle that you could buy as part of the merch. Um, it was ugly, but I do think it was kind of interesting as a little uh, kind of an Easter egg for the fans who knew taylor swift enough to know about kind of the lore of track five um that said archer not a good song i did not care for it this is not the song i would have picked to be making a bundle off of out of all the track fives Mm -hmm. i thought i've i've seen people talk about these lines i didn't find them as impactful as people's like the um i don't remember the first part but she goes but who could stay i don't really find that as mind-blowing no. mm-hmm. as everyone else seems to i didn't like this is the song where all the comments were like um people keep don't like it because they keep waiting for the beat to drop but that's because taylor said that's how anxiety feels for her i was like yeah i just didn't like like i didn't like the instrumentals but not because i wanted the beat to drop like that was not my grief with the instrumentals i thought also this was another lyrically simple song especially from what i've grown to expect from her yep i did like 
the Humpty Dumpty reference. I don't I didn't write I didn't write down the specific line, but she has a Humpty Dumpty reference about all the king's horses and all the king's men. Yeah, and couldn't I put her man, back, back to the fairy again. tale idea. Yeah, but like I like any sort of literary reference like that. And then also, I thought this had it was much more self reflective than the other tracks, track fives in the sense that it wasn't so much about the partner or their relationship, but more about her own insecurities, which mm-hmm. makes sense if all the comments were talking about her making it sound like that because of anxiety. So I did like that, but also if we're going for track five, staying on a theme. I do feel like this was one of the ones that kind of deviated from that theme a bit more. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, to be honest, Lover was um, what, the album that I kind of gave up on Taylor Swift and I didn't, I did not listen to it at all um, until this year, last year, technically, it's January, um, but oh, yeah, Archer, not my favorite, I don't think it's great as a showcase of her sound i don't think it's great as a showcase of her lyricism and i think based on the other lover tracks that i've heard some of my favorite songs by her are from lover and i think this one is just weak yeah like i mean i think we've said it for a couple songs before it's like not as a taylor swift song mm-hmm. it's not the strongest i think if it was like someone else you'd be like this is a good song it's all right but like as a taylor swift song not her best and out of, especially out of these like the track fives we're listening to i don't think it ranks high out of the other tracks agree ready to move on yes ma'am um this one i'm gonna talk about first um i would like to reserve that right it's gonna be a while Please. so um when you're done just cut me off uh okay. so uh <laughs> track five from folklore is called my tears ricochet this um is one of my favorite taylor swift songs ever um it was written just by taylor swift it was produced by jack antonoff taylor swift and then joe alwyn who is her current uh paramour the like lover not like the band um this has (laughs) uh, this has my favorite line in a taylor swift song ever um and yeah i think uh, not to anyway um it's when she says i can go anywhere i want just not home and i think oh. if uh <laughs> yeah Colleen and i feel the same way about it um i think we do and we don't need to get into it but it just it we makes me it very very episode. sad <laughs> um and i think it makes me it, it makes me very sad in like such a specific way but i think it's so interesting because this is one of the songs or like that line specifically is one of the lines where i think it hits everybody in a completely different way which again going mm-hmm. back to it is one of the things that taylor swift does so well where it's like she is writing about a specific experience but she's writing about it in a way that makes it um relatable uh, to everyone um and yeah i can't listen to i have this song on my playlist that i listen to all the time but i have to skip it every time it comes up if especially if i'm driving because i will just start crying um and if you follow me on instagram you've definitely seen fan art with i can go anywhere i want just not home at least once a month i'm not even gonna apologize it gets me very weepy um and I also like where she says, I didn't have it in myself to go with Grace, which I think is kind of a, a a narrative change from other songs where it's like, yeah, that was bad. But, you know, now that I see it was bad, I'll just be 
better in the future. But now it's just like, nope, that sucked. And also you should feel bad, actually. Um, yeah. It's and funny another... you brought up that line. Yeah. Just real quick, I want to... It's mm-hmm. funny you brought up that line because I brought it up and I, I thought this went more in line with the other track fives than the last song. And I didn't have it in me to go with Grace made me think of how she sings about how young she was in those other relationships. But with age, realizes her partner was in the wrong. But I think here she realizes she also didn't always act correctly. Like that wasn't her fault, but like the way she, like you said, the way she responded wasn't great. And she, but she's learned. Not only has she learned from like what her, from what her partner did for what her future partner shouldn't do, but also what she should do. She should probably leave sooner and not respond the way she did. So more maturity. And also just one more lyric and then I will give it to you because, um, also, one of my one of my notes is this is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs ever, but I don't know if it's my favorite track five. And then I said, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, when she says, if I'm dead to you, why are you at the wake? I think the delivery of that line and also just the concept of that line is 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 flawless. This is uh, 10 out of 10. Love this song. Funnily enough, I didn't like that line. I thought it was a little like, I don't know. I just thought it was a little plain but um i i never knew that i can go anywhere i want just not home line was from this song so when i heard it i was not mentally prepared for that um, i but I, it is a great line <laughs> yeah it just came out of nowhere i was like oh oh no <laughs> <laughs> um i linking back to all too well i think it is she says um you wear the same jewels that i gave you which kind of made me think of um her talking about him having her scarf Mm-hmm. And all too well. So like these little things he's holding on to from the relationship. So I think with the earlier songs, because she was so young, it's very easy to see. The, and like, and especially when the ones where she's like, don't you think 19 is too young? Like where the guy was obviously older. The relationship was kind of one sided on her part. Whereas these later ones, even if they still weren't great, they were more evenly balanced. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's still holding on to things from the relationship even though it fell apart. It's not just her who, like, loved and loved and loved and was the only person hurt at the end. Agreed. Do you have next any song other thoughts before about someone starts crying? Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> That's my thought. I don't have a lot of notes on this song. Um, I I don't know if Kalina and I felt the same way about it. Um, we talked about this a second before, but just real quick, this one, I know I said that we were getting into parts where it's just Jack and Taylor Swift, but this one was uh, written and produced, well, written by Taylor Swift and Aaron Dessner, and then Aaron Dessner also produced the song. Um, the song is called mm. Tolerate It. Um, I, this is all I have to say about this song. I can't listen to this song because uh, I don't like it as a concept because why would you put up with that? I am trying to be a nicer person. And again, I've never been in a relationship and I know it's not like, it's not easy to up and leave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I did write that. I was like, he's like, I I said he's tolerated. Because one, I had no, obviously I had no idea what the song was about. And she says, I'll wait by the door like I'm just a little kid made me think of and I stood there loving you, which was what from Cold Is You, one mm-hmm. of the first two songs we talked about. So again, that idea like she's, She's she's here very proudly waiting for you to be there so she can love you. And he's tolerant. It made me so mad, like, for her. And 
like he's just just the like it's the word she used the song made me very sad and i wasn't prepared to be very sad about it <laughs> but like because like it's one thing to 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 talk about and like know your person is just kind of like yeah i'll let you do like you know but like to use the phrase you're tolerating it you're putting up with me my love should be celebrated but you tolerate it that made me so miserable and 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 then she says i don't remember the exact line but somewhere in the song basically she says how like she wants him to tell her like she's she is aware of what he's he's just tolerating her and he's not really into the relationship as much as she is but she still wants him to tell her that it's not just in her head like i think actually your 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 review has helped me think about it in a different way cuz i've really only ever heard it as part of the album mm-hmm. um but also, yeah, why would you put up with that? But anyway. The final song is from Kiddush's latest album. Um, it's called You're On Your Own, Kid. Um, the, this song uh, also makes me very sad in a very different way. Oh. Um, it's, I, it, I don't think this song is, is kind of vulnerable in the same sort of way as the other ones. I think this song is a lot more about kind of um, instead of you know what you learn from relationships, it's more like what you learn from being with yourself mm-hmm. after you go through whatever it is. Um, this song has probably the best bridge in a Taylor Swift song ever. Um, and I'm gonna let you talk because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get emotional. Well, the slight problem, okay, my notes. It's a song. I, <laughs> I, this is where I also, to be fair, this is the point where I was like, this is 10 songs. She could make an album off of these alone. <laughs> I did like the line, he's going to notice me. I'm going to go look up the rest of the, li- I, I, I think it was a combination of, I've heard 10 songs about her being sad now. And I, again, I do like, I like, I think this was closer to like, what were they, 1989 and Lover in terms of sound, which I didn't like those sounds as much. I liked, I liked Cold As You and White Horse. I think sound, I think that was the, I didn't, I liked it better than Archer. It wasn't like my least favorite. I just wasn't loving it. No, that's fair. It's, um. I definitely like this kind of sound. It's kind of like the whole album to me is kind of like 1989 and Evermore had a baby, which I do think that's important to my shindig. You and yeah, you and I do like very different sounds. I think I do like. I just sorry, I pulled up the lyrics. I do like the jokes weren't funny. I took the money. Um. Which, for some reason, probably because of the line, funny. You know, um, I love that Bo Burnham line. He goes, we know it's not right. We know it's not funny. But we'll keep beating this dead horse till it stops spitting out money. So kind of like this idea of, I guess, kind of back to the same, the relationship thing is like, even though you know what is going on isn't good, you're still going through with mm-hmm. it. But like Eleanor said, yeah. like you said, um, less about a relationship and more about yourself. I appreciate that. My favorite line in this is um, where he says, I looked around in a blood-soaked gown and saw something that they can't take away. 
um, which I think is whatever. I'm just going to say it. Sometimes when you're alive, things happen that are bad. Um, but then afterwards, you kind of take stock of what's around you and what's important. And sometimes what's important is a friend. Um, and sometimes also everything's stupid and I don't and have sometimes feelings. also you want to cry. Um, <laughs> I, I, well, now I, well, now I don't want to finish talking. Um, I agree. I think, I think we've said this before and like not quite in the same vein, but it made me think of, I, I, well, I say this all the time is sometimes you have to like kill your old self to let your new self live. And that's not an easy, Eleanor, you're going to make me cry. And that's not an easy thing to do. No, you're not. That's not, it's hard. It's very hard to let go. Like sometimes it's letting go of things you wanted and like this idea you had for your life. And it's very hard to be okay with saying, that's not what's for me anymore. That's not what I, I'm also going to stop talking. We need a third person to finish this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I think that, I think we, we gave our thoughts on track fives as a concept. Yeah. I don't think I would have liked about half of these if it wasn't for the context. I don't have the sad ones in my playlist because I listen to my playlist while I drive and I don't want to crash my car. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, <laughs> Make a good point. <laughs> Yeah, I think on the songs I didn't like because of sound. If I had sat down and like read, uh, to be fair, I just listened to them once. Put my thoughts here we are. So I think if I had like listened to the lyrics, because I do think she is a good writer, I think then I probably would have would have felt a little more emo about it. It can be kind of jarring to jump to the whole new era without mm -hmm. kind of the rest of the album to kind of get you there. Because I think um, she That's does fair. pretty yeah. well mapping out the album where the first couple of songs... Um, are similar to the old album sound wise, and then she mm -hmm. gets into the new stuff sonically. Um, so I think, oh, okay, especially like yeah. the um, all too well to all you had to do was stay jump jarring whiplash, mm -hmm. whiplash. That was the best way for me to describe mm -hmm. that. Anyway, we've been here for a long time. Um, thank you very much. Unless you have let us know um, if you have any suggestions. Book for yeah um, if, if you know any, of any, any tracks, um artists yeah any artists or any like ones that pick tracks as emotions mm -hmm. let us know we will um, listen yes we will we will probably be just as mean i will be honest i think this was the nicest we've ever been I this was the nicest I have ever been. At least I was trying really hard. <laughs> I was trying. It's because like, uh, uh, not to not to rehash what we said, but like the whole relationship and like putting up with things you shouldn't be putting up with. I think sometimes my instinct is to be like, "What are you doing? That's stupid." So I was trying to like, be yeah, that was person. definitely yeah. <laughs> I was trying to not do that, but with tolerate it, I couldn't. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, tolerate it. Yeah. Um, but thank you very much for listening. I have been Kalina. I have been Eleanor. And have a great day. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Don't quote me on that. One day we'll have an outro, but it's not today. <laughs>